What does Tennessee law say about your right to carry a firearm for self-defense? Is it a right or is it something less? First, it is clear that Tennesseans love the Second Amendment and they love their guns. TBI data shows quite clearly that since 1998, Tennesseans have likely purchased at least 1.6 million more guns than there are the total number of people living in the state. Through the end of 2020, TBI data shows Tennesseans have purchased approximately 8.6 million firearms from licensed dealers. That does not include the ones that were purchased from existing owners in casual sales. In addition to owning a lot of firearms, men and Tennesseans are certain that they have a right to carry a firearm in public, particularly for self-defense. While Tennesseans may be very pro-gun, the fact is that the Tennessee legislature is not. Not now under Republican control, and for that matter, not ever. One key factor to consider is whether the state considers carrying a firearm for self-defense to be a right or whether it is classified as a crime. In some states, actually in quite a few states, it is not a crime for a citizen to carry a firearm or a handgun in public. In some of those states, the law required that the firearm be openly carried, and that is why some states offer what is referred to as concealed weapons permits. In other states, however, it is simply not against the law to carry a firearm either openly or concealed. The point is that when we talk about a right, the concept necessarily means that the normal exercise of the right is not itself a criminal act. Tennessee law is clear that an individual who is carrying a firearm with the intent to go armed is committing a crime. See, for example, Tennessee Code Annotated 39-17-1307A1. In Tennessee, Carrying a firearm in public is not a right in the eyes of the legislature, nor apparently in the eyes of any of our governors. It might be legal, but if it is legal, it is because the person qualifies for one or more statutory defenses to the criminal statute. The point is that when something is truly treated as the exercise of a right, its normal exercise cannot ever constitute a criminal act. Take the First Amendment right to speak in public, for example. Even against the government, the First Amendment protects your right of public speaking. Public speaking is not a crime and does not require any government permission or approval to do so. There may be instances where the exercise of that right is potentially a criminal act, such as when one falsely and blatantly yells that there's a fire in a movie theater when there clearly is no fire nor a basis to believe that there is a fire. In that instance, it is not the public speaking that constitutes the crime. It is the abuse of the right to speak in public. Similarly, the right to assemble can be exercised as a right, but there is not a right to assemble to commit a robbery or to engage in looting. So while there are a wide variety of rights, there are also some circumstances under which the wrongful exercise of a right might be considered a criminal act. So it should also be with the Second Amendment. If it is treated as a right, then there should be no government restraint on its normal exercise, and the exercise of the right in normal affairs should not be classified as a crime. The misuse of the right, however, such as to wrongfully threaten another or to facilitate a violent crime, should be a chargeable criminal act, but not necessarily because it involved a firearm as opposed to any other weapon.
again, the issue is the distinction between the normal, regular exercise of a constitutionally protected right versus the abuse of that right to engage in criminal activity. Turning to the right to keep and bear arms, specifically under Tennessee law, we need to look at what the state constitution, the state statutes, and the state courts have said to understand why the state of Tennessee does not recognize your desire to carry a firearm for self-defense as the normal exercise of a core constitutionally protected right. The right to arms is addressed in the Tennessee Constitution and always has been. However, the right as addressed in the Constitution has always had qualifying and sometimes race-based restrictions on it. For example, Tennessee's 1796 Constitution provided in Article 10, Section 26, that the free men of the state have a right to keep and to bear arms for their common defense. That language was modified in the 1834 Constitution, which provided in Article 1, Section 26, that the free white men of the state have a right to keep and to bear arms for their common defense. Then in 1870, the Constitution was amended a third time in Article 1, Section 26. This is our current constitutional language, and it provides that the citizens of this state have a right to keep and to bear arms for their common defense, but the legislature shall have the power by law to regulate the wearing of arms with a view to prevent crime. The first two versions of the constitutional clause restricted the right to prohibit slaves and later non-whites from being able to exercise whatever right was within the scope of the provision. In 1870, after the Civil War, the language about free men and the prohibition on non-whites were removed, but language was added that clearly tried to vest the legislature with the power to regulate the wearing of arms in almost any circumstance they desired. So while Tennessee's Constitution has always talked about keeping and bearing arms, the 1870 Constitution added language which suggests that the concepts of keeping and bearing arms was not necessarily the same as the concept of wearing arms in public for personal or self-defense purposes. What is clear is that the Constitution references keeping and bearing of arms, and the bulk of Tennessee case law discusses that clause as relates to militia or military service. Tennessee case law does not discuss approvingly the regular wearing of arms for personal self-defense in public, although the Supreme Court in Andrews v. State in its decision in 1871 stated that the legislature could only regulate the wearing of arms with a well-defined crime prevention purpose. It said that, but it has done little to define what a well-defined crime prevention purpose is and what it is not. For practical purposes, the case law in the last 150 years since that language was adopted has almost never found that the legislature did not have a crime prevention purpose behind its Jim Crow legislation. Now, turning to the Tennessee statutes, we see a similar pattern. Early Tennessee statutes, at least as early as 1801, made it a crime for citizens to carry certain weapons, quote, 
to the terror of the people, end quote, or, quote, to the fear or terror of any person, end quote. In that statute, it was not necessarily the fact that the person was armed that was the crime, because the law also required, as an element of the crime, that it be carried in such a fashion as to create terror generally or terror directed towards a specific person. Other statutes prior to 1836 made it a crime to carry a belt or pocket pistol, or armed with the intention of committing a riot or an affray, or armed with the intent to commit a breach of the peace. Similar language continued to persist in Tennessee statutes. Later statutes in the 1800s made it a crime to carry certain weapons, including revolvers and pistols, but expressly excluded the Army or Navy pistol. For reference, see Shannon's Code, Section 6641. Indeed, the express prohibition on carrying weapons, excluding the Army or Navy pistol, continued until 1989 when the Tennessee legislature adopted the current language, which makes it a crime to carry any firearm with the intent to go armed. Since 1989, the Tennessee legislature has had many opportunities to change the law to make clear that the citizens have the right to wear arms for their personal use in defense, but the General Assembly has consistently refused to make that change. What we have seen is a slow movement towards creating exceptions or defenses to the charge of carrying with intent to go armed. For example, in May 1994, under a Democrat-controlled legislature, a statute was adopted which allowed Tennessee's first handgun permit law in modern history. It was not written as if it was the exercise of a constitutionally protected right. This statute was written as an exception to the criminal charge of illegally carrying a firearm for those who were able and willing to apply for the new statewide handgun carry permit. The fact that this was written as an exception or defense to the criminal charge can be found by the language's inclusion in Tennessee Code Annotated 39-17-1308. Although this initial permit law has been amended in various ways since 1994, the law is still on the books today and is currently referred to as Tennessee's Enhanced Handgun Permit. It is nothing more than a defense to a criminal charge. And, because of the way the law is written, it is only required to be considered in the criminal trial, although officers and district attorneys have discretion to consider whether the individual had a valid handgun permit rather than bringing criminal charges. In July of 2014, Tennessee adopted a second system for citizens to carry and transport firearms. In that year, a law went into effect that allowed permitless vehicle transport, which was a law that would allow under certain limited circumstances and in certain limited locations, any person who could legally possess a firearm to have that firearm in a vehicle that they legally possessed. The firearm could be a handgun, a rifle, a shotgun, or any other firearm, and it could be loaded or unloaded. But it was limited to the vehicle, and it was limited to only certain public streets and locations. Again, this statute was written as a defense to a criminal charge 
and it was only required to be addressed as part of the criminal trial, although police officers and district attorneys could decide not to bring the criminal charge, they still had the opportunity to bring the charges and let the person raise their defense during the criminal proceedings. The third option became effective January 1, 2020, when Tennessee adopted a second category of the handgun permit, which was referenced as the concealed only permit. This new permit did not supplant the original permit, but was passed in addition to it. It has needlessly created confusion because we have two different permitting systems with two different standards for qualifying for the permit and different standards as to how it would be applied geographically in terms of locations. This ill-conceived idea is clear evidence that the GOP legislature was unwilling to treat civilian carry as a right, but was willing to make the permit easier to obtain. Finally, effective July 1, 2021, Tennessee's new GOP governor pushed through his hallmark Second Amendment legislation that he had originally announced in February of 2020. This new law is yet another defense to a criminal charge, however. It is not a law that restores or protects the rights of citizens to carry a firearm in Tennessee for self-defense. Instead, it has at least seven conditions that the individual must satisfy in order to be able to legally transport a handgun without having a permit. This new permitless carry system does not apply in places like public parks or greenways, and it is nothing more than an incremental step on a path of implementing the infringement of constitutionally protected rights. So what does this mean in layman's terms? First, the Tennessee legislature has created a statutory scheme and protected that statutory scheme where the mere possession of a firearm, even at your own home, for the intent of going armed constitutes a crime. Second, Whatever means you may have of carrying a firearm for self-defense on a regular basis is categorized by the Tennessee legislature as a defense or an exception to a criminal charge. The problem is, under Tennessee law, defenses and exceptions to a criminal charge only have to be addressed during the trial itself. There is no affirmative requirement under current Tennessee law that an officer or the district attorney give any deference at all to the existence or validity of a defense, although they can exercise their discretion to do so. Third, passing a law and calling it constitutional carry, as Governor Bill Lee has done this year, did nothing to change the statutory framework that infringes upon your rights. It is a serious mischaracterization of the nature of the law that it passed in 2021 to present it as constitutional carry. And fourth, the Tennessee GOP supermajority in the legislature has now had over a decade or so with two different GOP governors where they could have fixed this problem, they could have rewritten the statutory framework, and they could have specifically provided that citizens of the state of Tennessee do not commit a crime if they merely carry a firearm for self-defense. They could have done this. 
they easily could have done this. They have repeatedly and consistently refused to do that. Instead, they have done nothing to recognize or attempt to change the clear infringement on your rights as protected by the Second Amendment. They have protected, they have defended, and they have perpetuated a statutory scheme that does clearly treat your rights as nothing but a mere privilege and, for that matter, a crime. The bottom line is you have no right to carry a firearm in Tennessee for self-defense. None. Not one bit. At present, you have the legislature's permission to carry a firearm if you meet certain circumstances, but they can take away that privilege at any time, under any circumstance, or add whatever new conditions to it they desire to burden you with. It is your responsibility, if you want to have your right under the Second Amendment restored, to impress upon your legislators that you know the shenanigans that are being played and that you demand that they rewrite Tennessee law so that the ability to carry a firearm for self-defense is in fact recognized as a constitutionally protected right in Tennessee and not simply a criminal act subject to exceptions and defenses. This has been a presentation of the Tennessee Firearms Association. I'm John Harris, Tennessee Firearms Association Executive Director.